How to Master Secret Work by the Communist Party of South Africa. First published during the 80s as a series of articles in Umsembenzi, later as a single pamphlet for underground operatives. 1. Introduction This is a pamphlet about the role of secrecy in solving the tasks of the revolution. Secrecy gives us protection by starving the enemy of information about us. Secrecy helps us build a strong revolutionary movement to overthrow the enemy. There is nothing sinister about using secret methods to help win freedom. Through the ages, the ruling classes have made it as difficult as possible for the oppressed people to gain freedom. The oppressors use the most cruel and sinister methods to stay in power. They use unjust laws to ban, banish, imprison, and execute their opponents. They use secret police, soldiers, spies, and informers against the people's movements. But the people know how to fight back and how to use secret methods of work. The early history of struggle in our country is full of good examples. Makanda, Etswayo, Sekuhune, and Bambata made use of secret methods to organize resistance. Bambata, for example, prepared his rebellion against colonialism in great secrecy from the Nkandla forest. Secrecy has helped us outwit the enemy. The enemy tries to give the impression that it is impossible to carry out illegal work. The rulers boast about all our people they have killed or captured. They point to the freedom fighters locked up in the prisons. But a lot of that talk is sheer bluff. Of course it is impossible to wage a struggle without losses. The very fact, however, that the South African Communist Party and African National Congress have survived years of illegality is proof that the regime cannot stop our noble work. It is because we have been mastering secret work that we have been able more and more to outwit the enemy. Discipline, Vigilance, and Self-Control Secret methods are based on common sense and experience, but they must be mastered like an art. Discipline, vigilance, and self-control are required. A resistance organizer in Nazi-occupied France, who was never captured, said this was because he, quote, never used the telephone and never went to public places like bars, restaurants, and post offices, unquote. He was living a totally underground life, but even those members of a secret movement who have a legal existence must display the qualities we have referred to. Study and apply the rules of secrecy. Most people know from films and books that secret work involves the use of codes, passwords, safe houses, and hiding places. Activists must study the rules of secrecy and apply them seriously. This enables us to build up secret organizations linked to the people. This secret network becomes a vital force in helping to lead the people in the struggle for power. In our series, we will discuss such topics as 1. How to set up a secret network 2. The rules of secrecy 3. How to overcome surveillance, i.e. observation 4. Secret forms of communication 5. Technical methods, such as secret writing, hiding places, etc. 6. 
how to behave under interrogation, i.e. when being questioned by the enemy. These are among the main elements of secret work. To organize in secret is not easy, but remember, the most difficult work is the most noble. 2. Setting up a secret network. We have said that secret work helps us overcome the problems created by the enemy. This helps in the vital task of building an underground organization or secret network. The network must lead the people in the struggle for power. It does not compete with the progressive legal organizations, but reinforces them. Let us look at some of the main measures involved. 1. Only serious and reliable people can be included in the secret network. The leaders must study the potential recruits very carefully. They are looking for people who are politically clean, determined, disciplined, honest, and sober. People who can keep a secret. People who are brave and capable of defying the enemy, even if captured. 2. Recruits are organized into a unit or cell of three or four people. The number is limited in case of failure or arrest. The cell leader is the most experienced person. The cell members must not know the other members of the network. Point three, only the cell leader knows and is in contact with a more senior member of the network. This senior contact gives instructions from the leadership and receives reports. Point four, a small committee of the most experienced people leads the network. This is a leadership cell of two or three persons. This cell might be in charge of a factory, location, township, or city. A city network takes the form of a pyramid. The city underground committee is at the top. Local cells are at the base. Middle command cells are in between. Start with one cell. Gain experience before building more. See diagram one. Point five. A rule of secret work is that members must know only that which is necessary to fulfill their tasks. Everyone from top to bottom must have good cover stories to protect them. This is a legend or story which hides or camouflages the real work being done. For example, a secret meeting in a park is made to look like a chance meeting between friends. If they are ever questioned, they give the legend that they simply bumped into each other and had a discussion about football. Point six. All members of the network are given code names. These conceal their real identities. They must have good identification documents, especially those living an illegal life. A lot of time and effort must be given to creating good legends to protect our people. There is nothing that arouses suspicion as much as a stranger who has no good reason for being around. Point seven. All illegal documents, literature, reports, and weapons when not in use, must be carefully hidden. Special hiding places must be built. Codes must be used in reports to conceal sensitive names and information. Point eight. The leaders must see that all members are trained in the rules and methods of secret work. It is only through this training that they will develop the skills to outwit the enemy. Point nine. Technical methods such as the use of invisible writing, codes, and disguise must be mastered. 
Counter-surveillance methods, which help check whether one is being watched by the enemy, must be known. Secret forms of communicating between our people must be studied and used. This is all part of the training. These methods will be dealt with later. Point 10. Specialization. Once the network has been developed, some cells should specialize in different tasks such as propaganda, sabotage, combat work, mass work, factory organization, etc. In the meantime, you can start putting into practice some of the points already dealt with. Begin to work out legends in your work. What innocent reason can you give if a friend or a policeman finds this journal in your possession or hears you listening to this podcast? Chapter 3. Some Rules of Secrecy Carelessness leads to arrests. Loose talk and strange behavior attracts the attention of police and izimpimpi. These are police informants. Secret work needs vigilance and care. Rules of secrecy help to mask our actions and overcome difficulties created by the enemy. But first, let us study the following situation. What not to do? X. A trade unionist also leads a secret cell. He phones Y and Z, his cell members, and arranges to meet outside a cinema. X leaves his office and rushes to the meeting 30 minutes late. Y and Z have been anxiously checking the time and pacing up and down. The three decide to go to a nearby tea room where they have often met before. They talk over tea in low tones. People from the cinema start coming in. One is a relative of X who greets him. Y and Z are nervous and abruptly leave. When X is asked who they were, he hesitates and wanting to impress his relatives replies, they're good guys who like to hear from me what's going on. This opens the way for a long discussion on politics. X has made many errors which would soon put the police on the trail of all three. These seem obvious but in practice Many people behave just like X. They do not prepare properly, rush about attracting attention, fail to keep time, do not cover the activity with a legend, that is a cover story, they talk loosely, etc. Others pick up the bad style of work. X should set a good example for Y and Z. To avoid such mistakes, rules of secrecy must be studied and practiced. They might seem obvious, but should never be taken for granted. Things to remember. 1. Always have a believable legend to cover your work. X could have said Y and Z were workers he vaguely knew, whom he had met by chance, and had been encouraging to join the union. 2. Underground membership must be secret. X had no need to refer to Y and Z as, quote, good guys. 3. Behave naturally and do not draw attention to yourself. Quote, be like the people. Merge with them. X, Y, and Z behaved suspiciously. 4. No loose talk. Guard secrets with your life. Follow the saying, don't trust anyone and talk as little as possible. X fails here. Number 5. Be vigilant against informers. They try to get close to you using militant talk to test and trap you. Can X be so sure of his relative? 6. 
Be disciplined, efficient, punctual. X was none of these. Only wait 10 minutes at a meeting place. The latecomer may have been arrested. 7. Make all preparations beforehand. Avoid a regular pattern of behavior which makes it easy for the enemy to check on you. X made poor arrangements for the meeting, rushed there from a sensitive place, and could have been followed. Used the tea room too often. 8. Do not try to discover what does not concern you. Know only what you have to know for carrying out your tasks. 9. Be careful what you say on the phone, which may be bugged, or in a public place where you can be overheard. Conceal sensitive information such as names, etc., by using simple codes. 10. Remove all traces of illegal work that can lead to you. Wipe fingerprints off objects. Know that typewriters can be traced. Goods bought from shops can be checked. 11. Hide materials such as leaflets, weapons, etc., but not where you live. Memorize sensitive names, addresses, etc. Don't write them down. 12. Carry reliable documents of identification. 13. Know your town, its streets, parks, shops, etc., like the palm of your hand. This will help you find secret places and enable you to check whether you are being followed. 14. If you are arrested, you must deny all secret work and never reveal the names of your comrades, even to the point of death. 15. Finally, if any member of your underground cell is arrested, you must immediately act on the assumption that they will be forced to give information. This means taking precautions, such as going into hiding if necessary. When the rules of secrecy are practiced, revolutionaries make good progress. Practice makes perfect, and with discipline and vigilance, we will outwit the enemy, and we will win. Chapter 4. Surveillance 1. What is surveillance? In their efforts to uncover secret revolutionary activity, the police put a close watch on suspected persons and places. This organized form of observation is called surveillance. There are two general types of surveillance, mobile and stationary. Mobile is sometimes referred to as tailing or shadowing and involves following the suspect or subject around. Stationary surveillance is observing the subject, his or her home and workplace, from a fixed position. This can be from a parked car, neighboring building or shop, and is referred to as a, quote, stakeout in detective films. Surveillance combines both tailing and stakeouts. 2. Counter-surveillance. Members of a secret network must use methods of counter-surveillance to protect themselves and their underground organization. You can establish whether you are being watched or followed. These methods can be effectively used and help you to give the police the impression that you are not involved in secret work. Before considering these methods of protection, however, we need to be more aware of the enemy's surveillance methods, for it is not possible to deal with surveillance unless we know how it operates. 3. Aim of Surveillance The primary aim of surveillance is to gather information about the subject and to check out whether he or she is involved in secret work. The police seek to establish the links between the subject and those he or she might be working with. The enemy wants to identify you 
and locate the residences and secret places you use. They try to collect evidence and prove that illegal work has been committed. An important use of surveillance is to check on information received from informers. 4. Decision for surveillance. A decision to place a subject under surveillance is taken at a high level. The decision will include the intensity and duration, for example, whether for 8, 16, or 24 hours per day, over a period of 1, 2, 3, or more weeks. The decision will involve placing the subject's house and workplace under observation and having his or her phone tapped, either temporarily or permanently. The number of persons involved in the operation will be decided upon and they will be given the known facts about the subject, including a description or photograph. Whether the surveillance ends with the arrest of the subject will depend on what is learned during the investigation. 5. The Surveillance Team Specially trained plainclothes men and women are used to carry out surveillance. Their identities are kept strictly secret. They are not the normally known or public special branch policemen. They are aged between 25 and 50 years and have to be physically fit for work. In appearance and dress, they are average types. They try to blend in with their surroundings and avoid drawing attention to themselves. For example, smartly dressed whites will not be used to follow a black person in a poor, rundown area. A team may consist of two to four people with a car in support. Usually one team is used at a time, but more will be deployed if required. The subject will be followed by foot, car, or public transport if necessary. The surveillance communicate with each other by discrete hand signals and small radio transmitters. They make minor changes in their clothing and appearance to help prevent recognition. For the same reason, they try to avoid abrupt and unnatural movements when following the subject. In a crowded city street, they will stick close to the subject, within 20 meters, for fear of losing him or her. In a quiet residential area, they will hang back, over 50 meters, for fear of exposing themselves. They have set plans and procedures for tailing the subject, which involves the constant interchanging of positions. It is important to know these various techniques of foot and vehicle surveillance. 5. Surveillance Techniques We have defined surveillance as an organized form of observation in which the police put a close watch on suspected persons or places. Various types of surveillance and techniques of, quote, tailing the suspect, subject, are used. A subject's home or place of work might be under observation from a stationary or, quote, fixed position, such as a neighboring residence or vehicle. All comings and goings are recorded. When the subject leaves his or her home, they may be followed by foot or car or combination of both. All the places they visit and people they meet are noted, photographed, and followed too if necessary. Foot Surveillance at least two people will be used to follow the subject whom we will call S. They will communicate through hand signals and walkie-talkie radios so as to guide and assist each other. They will keep as close to S as 15 meters in, in crowded areas and hang well back up to 100 meters in quiet streets. They will try to be as inconspicuous as possible so as not to arouse S's suspicions. They will have a car to assist them which keeps out of sight in the adjacent streets. 
two-man or A-B surveillance. The person following directly behind us is A. The second person is B, who follows on behind A as if in a chain. A and B alternate positions, leapfrogging over each other. See figure 1. When S turns right at a corner, A drops back out of sight and B takes the lead position. An alternative technique is for A to cross the road and then turn right. In this case, A is not now following directly behind B as in a chain, but is parallel to B on the opposite side of the road to both B and S and slightly to their rear. See figure 2. A and B will avoid direct contact with S. If S now crosses the street to the left, A will either fall back, enter a shop, or walk swiftly ahead, while B will follow S from his side of the street. Figure 3. Three-man or ABC surveillance. Inclusion of the extra man makes tailing S easier. A follows S, B follows A, and C operates across the street from S to the rear. When S turns a corner, A may continue in the original direction, crossing the street instead of immediately turning. A thus takes the C position, whilst either B or C can take A's original position. See figure 4. A variety of techniques can obviously be used, but the idea is generally the same. Those following must keep the subject under constant observation without arousing suspicion. The more persons used, the greater the scope and flexibility of the operation. Remember, by knowing the methods of the enemy, we can deal with him and defeat him. Diagram 2. We have dealt above with following people on foot. We now turn to tailing by vehicle. Vehicle surveillance. A variety of vehicles may be used in surveillance. Car, van, truck, or motorbike. These must be dependable and powerful, but not flashy, so as to avoid attracting attention. A surveillance vehicle will carry no visible police identification, but of necessity will be equipped with a two-way radio, so look out for the antenna. In heavy traffic, the tailing vehicle will stick close behind the suspect's vehicle, hereafter referred to as the subject, or S. In light traffic, it will hang well back, but it will always try to keep two or three cars behind S. Figure 1. Especially in one vehicle surveillance. The tailing vehicle will, will remain in the same lane as S to avoid making sudden turns from the wrong lane. There are normally two persons in a tailing vehicle. The passenger is always ready to alight and carry out foot surveillance if S parks his or her car or gets out of it. As in foot surveillance, inconspicuous actions are required so as not to arouse the suspicions of S. When more tailing vehicles are used, the scope and flexibility of the operation is increased. But normally, two tailing vehicles are utilized. The number depends on the degree of urgency of the operation. Diagram 3. Two and three vehicle surveillance. When two tailing vehicles are used, the lead tail A will remain two or three cars behind S and B will remain behind A as in a chain. They will always keep switching places. See figure two. When using a parallel tailing technique, A remains behind S and B keeps pace in a parallel street. A and B keep switching positions. Figure three. With three tailing vehicles, the possibilities are increased. 
A and B follow S in a chain, and a third vehicle, C, travels in a parallel street. C may even speed ahead of S, awaiting it at an intersection before falling in behind and taking A's position. This allows A to turn off and follow in a parallel street. Figure 4. Reflectors and bleepers. Those carrying out surveillance may try to place a strip of reflectorized tape on the rear of the subject's vehicle or break a tail light to make it easier to spot it at night. Or they may, bla they may place an electronic tailing device on S's car called a bumper bleeper. This is a small metal box which can be fixed to the vehicle with magnets in seconds. A radio signal is transmitted which the tailing vehicle picks up on a receiver. S's car can be tracked even when out of view. Such gadgets do not, however, make it impossible to avoid being tailed. It only means that you must be alert and check for such devices. Knowing it is there can help you to really mislead the enemy. Progressive surveillance. This technique is used when extreme caution is needed because the subject is likely to use all methods to uncover possible surveillance. S is only followed for a limited distance each day by foot or car. Observation is picked up again at the time and place where it was previously discontinued. This continues day after day until surveillance is completed or discontinued. Remember, know the enemy's methods to deal with him and defeat him. Chapter 6, Counter Surveillance. We have been examining the enemy's surveillance methods, that is, the forms of observation used to watch suspects and uncover secret revolutionary activity. We now turn to counter-surveillance, which is the methods we use to deal with enemy observation. Qualities needed. For successful counter-surveillance, you need to be aware of your surroundings and be alert to what is going on around you. That means having a thorough knowledge of the town or area in which you live and work and knowing the habits of the people. You need basic common sense, alertness, and patience, together with cool and natural behavior and a knowledge of certain tactics or ruses, which will be discussed later. It is important not to draw attention to oneself by strange behavior, such as constantly looking over one's shoulder. And one must guard against paranoia, that is, imagining that everyone you see is following you. It is necessary to develop powers of observation and memory, which come with practice, so that you notice what is usual and remember what you have seen. It is when you notice the same person or unusual behavior a third or fourth time that you are able to conclude that it adds up to surveillance and not coincidence. Are you being watched? Study the normal situation where you live, work, and socialize so as to immediately recognize anything out of the ordinary. Are strangers loitering about the streets? Are strange cars parked where the occupants have a commanding view of your home? They may be a distance away spying on you through binoculars. Do the vehicles have antennae for two-way radio communication? Do you notice such strangers or vehicles on several occasions and in other parts of the town? This would serve to confirm interest in you. Have strangers moved into neighboring houses or flats? Do you notice unusual comings and goings or suspicious movements at upstairs windows? Try discreetly to check 
who such people are. The enemy might have created an observation post in the house opposite the road, or placed an agent in the room next door to you. Be sensitive to any change in attitude to you by neighbors, landlady, shopkeeper, etc. The enemy might have mobilized them for surveillance. Know such people well, including the local children, and be on good terms with all. Then, if strangers question them about you, they will be more inclined to inform you. Know the back routes and concealed entrances into your area so that you may slip in and out unnoticed. Secretly check what is going on in the vicinity after pretending to retire for the night. Avoid peering from behind curtains, especially at night from a lit room. This is as suspicious as constantly glancing over one's shoulder and will only alert the enemy to conceal themselves better. Record all unusual incidents in a notebook so you can analyze events and come to a conclusion. Be alert with persons you mix with at work or socially. And those like receptionists, supervisors, waiters, and attendants who are well-placed to notice one's movements. Telephone and mail. Phone tapping often causes faults. Check with neighbors whether they are having similar problems or is your phone the exception? Is your post being interfered with? Check dates of posting, stamp cancellation, and delivery, and compare the time taken for delivery with your friends. Examine the envelopes to check whether they have been opened and glued down in a clumsy way. Some of these checks do not necessarily confirm that you are being watched, but they alert you to the possibility. To confirm whether you are in fact under observation requires techniques of checking, which we will examine next. Chapter 7. The Check Route The check route is a planned journey, preferably on foot, along which a person carries out a number of discrete checks in order to determine whether they are under surveillance. These checks take place at predetermined checkpoints, which must give you the opportunity of checking for possible surveillance without arousing the suspicion of those tailing you. The check route should cover a distance of 3 to 4 kilometers, include such activities as shopping, making innocent inquiries, catching a bus, enjoying refreshments, etc., and should last about one hour. The route should include quiet and busy areas, bearing in mind that it is easier that you have a valid reason for your movements. If your actions are strange and inexplicable, you will arouse the suspicions of those following you. Here is an example of a typical check route. Shortage of space obliges us to confine the checkpoints to a smaller area, just a few city blocks. Fewer than would actually be the case. Checkpoints are numbered 1 to 12. Diagram 4. 1. X walks down the street and pauses at a cinema to examine the posters. This gives a good chance to look back down the street and to notice those passing by without looking over the shoulder. X crosses the road, looking right and left, and pops into a large store. They position themselves near the entrance whilst appearing to examine goods on display. They notice anyone entering after them. Wanders around the store, using the lift, the elevator, the stairways, etc., in order to spot anyone paying special interest in them, and departs at the side exit. 3. Cross the street into little, a little-used alleyway or arcade. Here you slightly pick up speed and cross the street where, 
Four, a shop with large plate glass windows gives you a good reflection of the alley out of which you've emerged. And you notice whether anyone is coming out of that alley to catch up with you. Five, you now proceed down the street into a bookshop with a commanding view of the street you've come down. You browse around noticing anyone entering after you. You also observe whether anyone examines the books you've been browsing through. For a tail would want to check whether you've left a secret communication behind for a contact. And you make a small purchase and exit. Six, you enter the park and walk around winding paths which give a good view of the rear. You throw away an empty cigarette pack and retire to seven, an outdoor restaurant where you take tea. You observe whether anyone picks up the cigarette pack, which a tail would want to check, as in five. And you notice the customers arriving after you. Any tail would want to check whether you are meeting someone. As you leave, you notice whether any of the customers are eager to leave immediately after you. Eight, you cross the street into a post office. Once inside, you are able to observe whether anyone is crossing the street from the park after you. You buy some stamps and you notice anyone queuing behind you. A tail will be especially interested in transactions taking place in post offices, banks, etc. You may also make a, quote, phone call at a public box and check whether anyone attempts to overhear this conversation. Nine, on departing, you stop a stranger in the street to ask them the way. This allows you to check whether anyone has followed you out of the post office. A tail would also show interest in this stranger, who might be your contact. And a member of the surveillance team might follow this stranger. 10. You continue down the street. You turn sharply at the corner and abruptly stop at a cigarette kiosk. Anyone following will most likely come quickly around the corner and should become startled on finding you right in their path. And then 11 to 12, you cross the street and join the queue at a bus stop, 11, noticing those joining the queue after you, that is, getting in line after you. A bit of acting here gives the impression that you're unsure of the bus you want to catch. You should allow a couple of buses to go by, noticing anyone who is doing the same. As a bus arrives at the stop across the road, 12, you suddenly appear to realize it is yours, and you dash across the road to catch it as it pulls away. You are alert to anyone jumping on the bus after you, and you'll also pay attention to whoever gets on at the next few stops. Such a series of checks must be carried out immediately prior to any sensitive appointment or secret meeting. If nothing suspicious has occurred during the check route, you proceed to your secret appointment or mission. If, on the other hand, you have encountered certain persons over and over again on the check route, you will assume that you are under surveillance and you will break your appointment. Bear in mind that anyone following you, even professionals, may become indecisive or startled should your paths unexpectedly cross. A check route should also be carried out from time to time to check whether a person is, quote, clean or not. Chapter 8. Check route with assistance and by vehicle. Check route is a planned journey, the object of which is to check whether you are being followed. The previous example was a check route on foot by a person acting alone. With assistance from comrades, 
the exercise becomes more effective. The exercise follows similar lines as previously outlined, except that a comrade is stationed at each checkpoint and observes whether anyone is following you as you pass by. It is essential that your behavior appears normal and does not look as though, quote, checking is taking place. Diagram 5. Let us suppose that you are X. Comrades Y and Z position themselves at checkpoints Y1 and Z1, respectively. These observation points must give a good view of your movements, but keep the comrades hidden from enemy agents who might be tailing you. After X passes each checkpoint, the comrades move to new positions, in this case Y2 and Z2. They may in fact cover four to five positions each, and the whole operation should take one to two hours over an area of three or four kilometers. Comrades must take up each position in good time. Such checkpoints could be from inside a coffee shop, Y gets a good view of X entering the bank opposite. Z1, uh, Z1, Z is in a building, roof garden, a balcony or an upper floor window, for example, watching X's progress down the street and into the bookshop. Y2, Y has moved into the park and observes X's wanderings from the park bench among the trees. Z2, Z has time to occupy parked cars in the car park, with, uh, that's a parking lot, uh, with good view of all movement. After the exercise, Y and Z meet to compare notes. What suspicious individuals have they observed? Were such people noticed in X's vicinity on more than just one or two occasions? Was their behavior strange, and were they showing unusual interest in X, going to check up what he was up to? Was a vehicle following them in support? and were persons from the vehicle taking it in turns to follow X. Such persons are more easily noticed and remembered in quiet rather than busy areas. Remember, in order to carry out secret work, you must know whether you are under surveillance or are clean. Chapter 9. Checking by car. There are many ways of countering enemy surveillance when using a vehicle. Be extra observant when approaching your parked car and when driving off. This is the most likely point at which tailing may start, from your home, work, friends, or a meeting place. Be on the lookout for strange cars with at least two passengers, usually males. When driving off, be on the lookout for cars pulling off after you or possibly following you from around the corner. Bear in mind that the enemy may have two or three vehicles in the vicinity linked by radio. They will try to follow you in an interchanging sequence, the so-called ABC technique. Cars A, B, and C will constantly exchange positions so as to confuse you. Ruses. After driving off, it is a useful procedure to make a U-turn and drive away in the opposite direction, forcing any surveillance car into a hurried move. As you proceed, notice vehicles behind you your rearview mirror is your best friend. Also, pay attention to vehicles traveling ahead, which may deliberately allow you to overtake them. Cars waiting ahead of you at junctions, stop street, and by the roadside must be noted too. You will often find vehicles traveling behind you for quite a distance, particularly on a main road or link road. 
Avoid becoming nervous and overreacting. Do not suddenly speed ahead in the hope of losing them. Remember that the point of counter-surveillance is to determine whether you are being followed or not. Rather, travel at normal speed and then slightly reduce speed, giving normal traffic the chance of overtaking you. If the following vehicle also reduces speed, then begin to accelerate slightly. Is that vehicle copying you? If so, turn off the main road and see if it follows. A further turn or two in a quiet suburb or rural area will establish whether you have a tail. There are many other ruses to determine this. Drive completely around a traffic circle, a roundabout, as though you have missed your turn off. You can turn into a dead-end street, as if by mistake. Turn into the driveway of a house or building and out again, as if in error. Abruptly switch traffic lanes and unexpectedly turn left or right without indicating. But be sure there is no traffic cop about. You cross at a traffic light, just as it turns red, etc. Such ruses will force a tail into unusual actions to keep up with you. But your actions must appear normal. Check route. The check route we previously described for checking surveillance by foot can obviously be applied to vehicles. Your check route must be well prepared and should include busy and quiet areas. Also includes stops at places such as garages and shops where you can carry out some counter surveillance on foot. You can carry out your routine by yourself or with assistance. In this case, comrades are posted at checkpoints along your route and observe whether you are being tailed. It is a good idea to fit your car with side view mirrors for better observation, including one for your passenger. I don't know if this means in addition to the ones that maybe those weren't standard on cars at, at the time this was written. Avoid at all costs looking over your shoulder is a highly suspicious action. Enemy tracking device. You should often check underneath your car in case the enemy has placed a tracking device, a bumper bleeper, there. It is a small, battery-operated, magnetically attached gadget that emits a direction signal to a tailing vehicle. This enables the vehicle to remain out of your sight. When you stop for some minutes, however, your trackers will be curious about what you are up to. This will force them to look for you. So your check routine should involve stopping in a quiet or remote area. Get out of your car and into a hidden position from where you can observe any follow-up movement. If you have assistance, stop your car at a prearranged spot. Your comrades should drive past and check whether a tail vehicle has halted just out of sight down the road. Chapter 10. Cutting the tail. The procedure of eluding those who are following you is called cutting the tail. In order to do this effectively, you must study the location or areas where this can be done in advance. When you find yourself in a situation where you need to break surveillance, you deliberately lead those who are following you to a favorable spot where cutting the tail can be achieved. 1. A change of clothing. You urgently need to visit an underground contact. For several days, your attempts have been frustrated because you've come to realize that you are being closely watched and followed by the police and their agents. You leave work as usual, but carry a shopping bag with a change of clothes. 
After casually wandering around town, you enter a cloakroom or such place where you can quite quickly change clothing without being seen. It should be a place where other people are constantly entering and leaving. You leave within minutes, casually dressed in a t-shirt and sports cap. Your shirt, jacket, and tie are in your shopping bag. A bus area makes it easier to slip away unnoticed. A reversible jacket, pair of glasses, and cap kept in a pocket are useful aids for a quick change on the move. Women in particular can make a swift change of clothing with ease, slipping on a wig and coat or even a man's hat and jacket over a pair of jeans to confuse the tail. 2. Jumping on and off a bus. You are being tailed but must get to a secret meeting at all costs. You could spend some time loitering around a busy shopping area, giving the impression that you are in no hurry to get anywhere. Just as you notice a bus pulling away from a bus stop, you run after it and jump aboard. Keeping a good lookout for your pursuers, you could jump off as soon as it slows down at the next stop and disappear around a busy corner. 3. Crossing a busy street. You need to be quick and alert for this one. You deliberately lead those following you down a busy street with heavy traffic. When you notice a momentary break in the traffic, you could suddenly sprint across the road as though your life depended on it. By the time the tail has managed to find a break in the traffic and cross after you, you could have disappeared in any number of directions. Number four, take the last taxi in the rank. Occupy your time in a leisurely way near a taxi rank. As a taxi stand, yeah? They're waiting in a line. You could be window shopping or drinking tea at a cafe. When you notice that there is only one taxi left at the rank, drop everything and sprint over to it. By the time those following you have summoned up their support cars, you could have ordered the taxi to stop and slipped away. Number five, entering and exiting a building. A large, busy department store with many entrances, stairways, lifts, as elevators, and floors is ideal for this one. After entering the building, quickly slip out by another exit. Busy hotels, restaurants, recreation centers, railway stations, arcades, shopping centers, etc. are all useful locations for this trick. 6. Ruses when driving. It is more difficult to cut a tail when driving than when on foot because a number of vehicles may be following you in parallel streets. Fast and aggressive driving is necessary. Sudden changes of speed and direction, crossing at a traffic light just as it turns red, and a thorough knowledge of lanes, garages, and places where a car may be quickly concealed are possible ways in which you may elude the tail. 7. Get lost in a crowd. It is particularly difficult for the tail to keep up with you in crowded areas. Know the locality, be prepared, be quick-footed and quick-witted. Be ready to take advantage of large concentrations of people. Workers leaving a factory, spectators at a sports venue, crowds at a market, a cinema, railway station, or rally offer all the opportunities you need. Mix this with the above tactics and you will give those trying to tail you the headache and disappointment they so richly deserve. Chapter 11. Secret Communications. Communications is vital to any form of human activity. 
When people become involved in secret work, they must master secret forms of communication in order to survive detection and succeed in their aims. Without effective secret communication, no underground revolutionary movement can function. In fact, effective communication is a pillar of underground work. Yet communication between underground activists is their most vulnerable point. The enemy, his police, informants, and agents are intently watching known and suspect activists. They are looking for the links and contact points between such activists, which will give them away. It is often at the point when such activists attempt to contact or communicate with one another that they are observed and their would-be secrets are uncovered. The enemy watches, sees who contacts whom, then pounces, rounding up a whole network of activists and their supporters. But there are many methods and techniques of secret work, simple but special forms of communication available to revolutionaries to overcome this key problem. This section discusses these in order to improve and perfect secret forms of communication. These are used worldwide, including by state security organs, so we are giving nothing away to the enemy. Rather, we are attempting to arm our people. These methods are designed to outwit the enemy and to assure continuity of work. The qualities required are reliability, discipline, punctuality, continuity, and vigilance, which spells out efficiency in communication. Before proceeding, however, let us illustrate what we are talking about with an example. C, a member of an underground unit, is meant to meet A and B at a secret venue. C is late, and the two others have left. C rushes around town trying to find them at their homes, workplace, favorite haunts. C tries phoning them and leaves messages. C is particularly anxious because he has urgent information for them. People start wondering why C is in such a panic and why he is so desperate to contact A and B, who are two individuals whom they had never before associated with C. When C finally contacts A and B, they are angry with him for two reasons. Firstly, that he came late for the appointment. Secondly, that he violated the rules of secrecy by openly trying to contact them. C offers an acceptable reason for his late coming. He could prove that his car broke down. And he argues that he had urgent information for them. He states that they had failed to make alternative arrangement for a situation, such as one of them missing a meeting. Hence, he argues he had no alternative but to search for them. The above example is familiar to most activists. It creates two problems for the conduct of secret work. It creates the obvious security danger, as well as leading to a breakdown in the continuity of work. What methods are open to such a unit or between activists? To answer this, we will be studying two main areas of communication. There are personal and non-personal forms of communication. Personal are when two or more persons meet under special conditions of secrecy. There are various forms of personal meetings, such as regular, reserve, emergency, blind, check, and accidental. Then, there are various non-personal forms of communication designed to reduce the frequency of personal meetings. Amongst these are such methods as using newspaper columns, public phone boxes, the postal system, radios, 
and the method made famous in spy novels and films, the so-called dead letter box, or DLB, a dead drop, where messages are passed through secret hiding places. A newspaper column there, I think that means a newsstand, right? Coding invisible ink and special terms are used to conceal the true or hidden meaning in messages or conversations. From this, we can immediately see a solution to C's failed meeting with A and B. All they needed to arrange was a reserve meeting place in the event of one or more of them failing to turn up at the initial venue. This is usually at a different time and place to the earlier meeting. The other forms of meetings cover all possibilities. Chapter 12. Personal Meetings In the previous section, we began to discuss the methods members of an underground unit should use when communicating with one another. The most important requirement that must be solved is how to meet secretly and reliably. Let us suppose that Comrade A has the task of organizing an underground unit with B and C. In the interests of, secu- of secrecy, they must, as far as possible, avoid visiting one another at home or at work. Such links must be kept to a minimum or even totally avoided so that other people do not have the impression that they are closely connected. First of all, they need to have a regular or main meeting, let's say every two weeks. For this meeting, A lays down three conditions. These are place, time, and legend. Place of meeting. This must be easy to find, approach, and leave. It must be a safe place to meet, allowing privacy and a feeling of security. It could be a friend's flat, their apartment, office, picnic place, a beauty spot, a beach, a park, a vehicle, a quiet cafe, etc. The possibilities are endless. It is essential that the meeting place be changed from time to time. Sometimes, instead of indicating the meeting place, A might instruct B and C to meet him at different contact points on the route to the meeting, such as outside a cinema, bus stop, etc. This can provide a greater degree of security, but it is best to begin with the most simple arrangements. Time. Date and time of the meeting must be clearly memorized. Punctuality is essential. If anyone fails to arrive at the meeting place within the pre-arranged time, the meeting must be cancelled. As a rule, the time for waiting must never exceed 10 minutes. Under no circumstances must a comrade proceed to the meeting if he or she finds themselves under surveillance. Legend. This is an invented but convincing explanation, a cover story as to why A, B, and C are always together at the same place at the same time. The legend will depend on the type of people who are meeting. Suppose A and B are black men, and C is an older white woman. Since it would look unusual and attract attention if they met at a park or picnic place, A has decided on an office, which C has loaned from a reliable friend. Uh, C has borrowed this from a reliable friend, I think. They meet at 5.30 p.m. when the office is empty. C has told her friend that she requires the premises in order to interview some people for a job or some story to that effect. On the desk, she will have interview notes and other documents to support her story, and B and C will carry job applications or references. 
If anyone interrupts the meeting or if they are questioned later, they will have a convincing explanation for their meeting. Order of the meeting. At the start of the meeting, A checks on the well-being and security of each comrade, particularly whether everything was in order on their route to the meeting. Did they check for possible surveillance? Next, A will inform them of the legend for the meeting. Then, before business is discussed, A will pass around a piece of paper with the time and place of the next meeting written on it. Nothing is spoken in case the meeting is bugged. This matter is settled in case they are interrupted and have to leave the meeting in a hurry. In such an event, they already know the conditions for the next meeting, and continuity of contact is assured. Reserve meeting. In arranging the regular meeting of the unit, A takes into account the possibility of one or more of them failing to get to that meeting. He therefore explains the conditions for a reserve meeting. These also include place, time, and legend. Whilst the time for a reserve meeting may be the same as a regular meeting, but obviously on a different day, the place must always differ. A instructs them that if a regular meeting fails to take place, they must automatically meet two days later at such and such a time and place. The conditions for a reserve meeting might be kept constant, not changing as often as those of the regular meeting, because the need for such a meeting may not often arise, but A takes care to remind the comrades of these conditions at every regular meeting. Having arranged conditions for both regular and reserve meetings, A feels confident that he has organized reliability and continuity of such contact. It is necessary for all to observe the rules of secrecy and to be punctual, reliable, disciplined, and vigilant about such meetings. But what if comrade A needs to see B and C suddenly and urgently and cannot wait for the regular meeting? All right, we're about halfway through. So that concludes our reading of How to Master Secret Work by the South African Communist Party, which I have read for you out of purely historical interest. We can learn, oh, what were people doing uh, during the South African uh, resistance movement and revolution, and how did they uh, achieve the secrecy uh, and the security, movement security, communications, uh, information asymmetry that they needed to have in order to achieve the, uh, the gains that they achieved. I'm Fergal Schmoodlock of the Kingless Generation podcast, and you can support this project you can go to patreon.com and search for the kingless generation you can become a member for 333 a month and uh, you get access to the discord server where we share all our materials including uh, what i read out loud uh, in these kingless reads series i hope to see you there thank you for listening